Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hello and thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily talk sports show. On today's episode, we react to the news that numerous board members at Everton have left the club. We also hear about the unfolding drama in France regarding Kylian Mbappe's future. And Chris Eubank Sr. joined us in the studio to cover a whole range of topics. If you would like to hear the full Eubank Sr. interview, listen back to the final hour of the show on the TalkSport app. At Everton, goodness only knows what is going on. We have seen a bunch of departures. Uh, Everton endured a, a bit of a day of chaos, you could say, yesterday. Three board members left their roles, and it emerged that their former manager, Carlo Ancelotti, is now see- suing the club for money that he feels he is owed. So who is gone? The chief exec. Uh, Denise Barrett Baxendale gone Chief Finance Director Grant Ingalls gone and uh, Non-Executive Director a man I know very well and have done for a number of years and he's a great guy former player Graham Sharp all resigned from their roles having not attended a home game since late January due due to fans protests against the running of the club and it's not over yet Simon because it's understood a man you and I both know well the chairman Bill Kenwright uh, was also minded to stand down, but is holding further talks with Farhad Mashiri at the request of the British-Iranian multi-millionaire owner. So, Simon, one heck of a lot is going on here, and it doesn't appear to be over. Have Everton sacked the board? Is this a win for the fans, or is it a win for intimidation? Because many of these fans wanted this lot gone. I think it's a, uh, it's a combination of a variety of events. You can argue that given the state of the circumstances surrounding Everton's financial landscape, that they are complicit in allowing Mashiri to behave in a certain way, albeit it's very, very difficult to tell a billionaire what to do with his own money, or Usmanov's money, or whoever's money it is. 
Um, and so you're in a situation where, you know, the board are, are advising somebody that perhaps doesn't want to be advised. There is an element of the fact that they, they, they took it upon themselves to remove themselves from the stadium and didn't front it out. And some would say that's because they were really, really in a very difficult position and there was real jeopardy. I struggle with that, but I've also spoken to uh, certainly Bill about the nature of some of the experiences that he was having. Um, what and, were those? Well, just the, the nature of the vitrol and the information that were being given by security companies about the, the real jeopardy they were going to put themselves in the way of. I find that challenging because whilst there may be an argument that there's there's not a good enough being job being done in certain quarters, I don't think it would have been through lack of endeavour. I don't think it would be through without the prism of a very difficult owner to work alongside. And I certainly don't think it was because they wanted to, to, to find Everton in a very difficult position. But like football clubs always have, there is this sense of expectation, balanced with a sense of entitlement, balanced with a culture at this moment in time that seems a little bit off with what people can expect to behave and say and do and maybe that's a social media uh, part of the world that's now driving people into a frenzy of what they think they can say and they take it into the real life or maybe it's post-Covid reactions to people having a very angry attitude towards society but it's ramped up a notch do I think they should have changed it? I think it's run its course I think you've reached the point where it would be degrees of loss it's a zero-sum game for these guys they were never going to get back with a, with a group of fans however big or small that group of fans were and it seemed to be not a smaller amount, not, not a vociferous minority. It was moving towards, balancing up towards a significant proportion of the fan base. But would you have done what Mashiri appears to have done? Would you have nudged them out? Would you have buckled if I, to the if, pressure if I thought, that some of these extreme fans have gone to? If I thought that they weren't doing the job that they should have done, then I would have taken them out, not because of the fans, in spite of the fans, because I would have done it myself. But in this instance, I, and then people are going to suggest that because I'm friendly with Bill Kenwright, I'm constantly providing a veneer for Bill Kenwright. This is a preposterous observation that Mashiri is under the control of the board. Now, what the argument is fair enough to say is if Mashiri's appointed this board or allowed this board to continue in, in his in his image or under his direction to some extent or or running the football club on a day-to-day basis, that he is culpable for their shortcomings. I emphatically, and nothing is going to change my mind, I don't care how many rabid Everton fans want to scream at me, that Mashiri is the guy that pushes the button, that pulls the trigger, that makes the decisions, that has allowed people to buy players for 50 million quid when they're not worth it, that's gone after people at like Ancelotti when they've been the wrong fit, that's made the wrong decisions. That has been Mashiri, and there's nothing that anyone will say to me that will change me from that point of view. Now, going towards a situation with Everton, you cannot allow a football club of this magnitude to consistently be flailing in the wind like it's been. They've got away from relegation twice now yeah. and there won't be a third time yeah. if they keep on with, and they, they, they've, they've kind of half fixed it because Deitch will change the direction yes. he won't put yeah. Everton back to anything vaguely resembling where they think they should be but I think he'll take them away from the fumes and the abyss right? the, the departing director Simon I mean it's sad we understand this morning they are, they, they are, the mood is sad yeah. amongst the ones who have gone and the ones who have gone chief exec Denise Barrett-Baxendale, Chief Finance and Strategy Officer Grant Ingalls and Graham Sharp, former player, non-executive director. We've all been fully committed during our time here. We've worked tirelessly, etc., etc. And they finish off with, and I I have no reason to doubt this, we wish the club we have loved to to, to serve, have every success in the future. So they go very much, very much with heavy hearts. But that's life, Jim. That's life. If we look at the last three years of Everton, could we honestly, with all 
impartiality. And I do have a tad of bias because I'm fond of Bill. But do, with all with all degrees of honesty, can we say that this is a win for any of them? Can it's we a, say, it's a, is this a win for the fans who you say don't have all the power? No, well, they I, clearly I, I, don't do. th- I don't think it's a win for anybody. I think it's there's an element of mob rule about this. But also, if you just if you take that part out of it and say, well, is it is it been a good landscape? Have they been doing a wonderful job? Should they have worked for Mashiri? If Mashiri, if I was working for Mashiri, he was only doing what they were telling, what he was telling them then, to do. Then, then if you're working for somebody that is ultimately bringing you outcomes that you know to be flawed, that you know are steeped in bad decision making, then you don't work for that person. You say, you know what, you run this football club the way you want to run it because we don't so that's where they come into the territory of being complicit in the bad decision making processes now that might be because they need the economics of the job it might be because they feel so committed and indexed to the football club and all of them by the way are thoroughly decent people of course right? and are not meriting the kind of treatment that the mob rule group of fans think they're able to and meet they've out they've been brought up with a club but they haven't it's they, ingra- Everton is ingrained blood in letting, Sharp's bloodletting blood. comes when things are failing it's a fact of life right? and ultimately Everton is a basket case right now and it needs to be revived it was close to being buried it's been exhumed Right, and it needs to get itself together. Now, whether that's the change of ownership, whether it's a restructuring of a board to make sure that the investment of a new stadium is put in place, or whether it's people just need a thorough kick up the backside and a reorganising, a restructuring of that football club to make sure that it's fit for purpose. Because honestly, with all due respect to those that have been there, and there's always nuance and context, they, they kind of needed to do a bit better. They kind of need, and the Carlo Ancelotti thing. Well, the fact he's suing the football club. Whenever you, whenever you hire managers, there's often a dispute when you fire them, and there's always this perspective about what they think they're entitled to. Every football manager that I fired got parked up in the long grass until they had their minds concentrated about what they were going to get paid as their compensation. Did you get sued by any of them? No, I'm close to it. And I had clever people like Peter, because I always built clauses into my contracts that were mitigation. So when I gave someone a contract and I fired them, I built in a mitigation, which means if you go and work for someone else, you don't get double paid. So I'll pay the difference between what you got somewhere else. Peter Taylor tried to be clever by going and get a job at Stevenage Borough for a fraction of the salary that he would have been on, so I'd have had to pay the difference. And we didn't we didn't have that. We said, basically, your market worth is not 60 grand a year mm. at Stevenage Borough. It's closer to the half a million that I'm paying you. So I played hardball with it. But I think Ancelotti walked out, didn't he? So I'm not entirely yeah. sure what Casey's got. It was an opportunity it, he couldn't say no to. It may be points bonuses, it may be positional bonuses. but it's Took an un- his son with him. But it's an unseemly position and it's easily resolvable because Mashiri got the ability to pay him. So it's it's not a case of they can't. They've obviously got a legitimate dispute. Yeah, but this is a problem that, that, that they find themselves in. It happens. Mashiri's got the ability to pay anybody, to pay other clubs yeah. massive, massive amounts of money for and players has, that you, you rightly has, say, Simon... Are, are way, way yeah. priced out the market. But then again, you know, that's... Overpriced. Where, but yeah, it's easy for me to say, right, because I'm not the person in the room, but I find it difficult to superimpose myself into a conversation with someone like Mashiri in some parallel universe where I was working with him, where someone is absolutely and categorically the wrong fit for the football club, like Rafa Benitez, and somebody is absolutely the wrong price for a player, that I would sit there and say, I tell you what, Farhead, I'm just going to go along with that because I'm one of your employees. But I'm a different animal. I'm cut from a different cloth. You know, the economics of it are not so so prevalent for me, and maybe they are for those guys, but I don't think they are. I would simply be not having it. Wait, but, will, Bill but have it? will Bill have it? I mean, Bill is the one they want out, isn't isn't he? Bill is the one that they Do all you blame. Do expect him to go today? I would expect Bill to depart, not because I want him to, and not because I think he should, but because I think it's ultimately it's reached a point where 
they blame they blame Bill. They blame Bill for the lack of finances in the football club, the lack of investment, the decisions that he's made over the years. Um, and it's like Levy, isn't it? People are going to say I naturally spring to the defence of owners because it's in my blood to think that way. No, I just want fairness. Danger. Flammable exchanges ahead. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Simon, a lot a lot of times people say, God, it's always doom and gloom, is it not? Um, certainly it's not exactly <laughs> fall about laughing stuff at Everton right now. I wonder if uh, killing Mbappe is um, coming out of this as being looked upon as a bit of a credit to himself uh, at the moment because uh, the news is huge this morning over in France. It's news, it's massive news everywhere, Simon, because Kylian Mbappe, largely regarded to be one of the top players in world football, if not the best player right now, has informed Paris Saint-Germain he will not renew his contract when it expires next year. Now, PSG will not let Mbappe leave in a free, so unless a club... Uh, the the football club can agree a new deal, they're going to have to sell Mbappe now because they don't want to let him go for free a year from now. Now, this is the same killing Mbappe who said to the PSG home support, and I was walking by the stadium, uh, incidentally, at the weekend. He says, Paris is my home, and they cheered that. Paris is in my heart. This club is in my heart. None of you have anything to worry about because this is my future. And uh, why wasn't he happy? Why wouldn't he be happy? Because reportedly he's in £45 million a year. And that's before add-ons. So with add-ons, he's on a million a week. And that's all right. But now he's told the media, before he told PSG, I'm out of here. So earlier on this morning, I spoke to the hugely respected journalist for L'Equipe newspaper, Eric Bilderman in France. And I said to him over in Paris, what's your reaction over there? Oh, it's an earthquake. What was very surprising is that the letter sent by Mbappe to Paris Saint-Germain to say that he was not ready to confirm uh, the deal for 2024-2025 was sent first to the media, to l'équipe, to le Parisien, to the, the mainstream media before to be sent to the, uh, the Paris Saint-Germain. So the will, it's obvious that it's a pressure fight from Kylian Mbappé towards Paris Saint-Germain because he could have sent this letter first to the club and try to discuss and to negotiate with him for what he, he wants and nobody knows exactly what he wants. But the fact that he made it public is like an earthquake. What is he up to here? Because he recently told the PSG fans in the stadium, this is my home, this is where I want to be. Yeah, but... Uh, I would say this is football. The one who believes every word said by a manager, by a chairman or by a player is a fool uh, in the world of football. What we know is that he's very disappointed with the way the market was done last season and the team didn't improve uh, in terms of their will and the capacity to win the Champions League. And when they were uh, sacked in the eighth round by Bayern Munich, he said... This is our level. This is the maximum that we can achieve. And for a player who wants to win the Champions League, is desperate to win it. That was a strong message. And it seems that at the moment, he can put his uh, a new deal under threat to see how the Paris Saint-Germain can, uh, during the, the transfer market, give a proper answer to him. And in the meantime, he has discovered, like every one of us a couple of weeks ago, that uh, Karim Benzema has left and that there is a hot seat 
a wonderful uh, leather uh, seat available at Real Madrid. He won't make more money than he's uh, due to have at Paris Saint-Germain because in the deal, the offer of Paris Saint-Germain was absolutely tremendous. But he will play in a club where he can achieve his will, can achieve his ambition. But he was part of the team that failed to win the Champions League. That PSG team, he was part of it. Does he not realise that, that he's not bigger than the club? But the fact is that Mbappé believes and everybody at the club let him think that he's bigger than the club. As you mentioned, he's one of the 11 on the field. But all the, the project is around Mbappé and when Mbappé says something or does something, the Paris Saint-Germain is not really f- trying to fight with him. And that's why the way the things happen at the moment is, is like a, a war situation because uh, Mbappé, by making the, the letter public, makes Paris Saint-Germain in a kind of a, a shameful situation. The Qatari are not uh, used to be publicly put under pressure and they have reacted very uh, negatively. Whatever will happen, they will not uh, let Kylian Mbappé living for free. So it means that they are ready to sell him during the summer market for a couple of hundreds of million pounds. But behind that, we can believe that from now on till the, the, the end of the, of the summer market, negotiation will go through and we can't forget that Mbappé is a chess player. And maybe by putting the situation uh, public, the pressure on Paris Saint-Germain to improve the team, to change the philosophy, to follow what exactly he wants of Paris Saint-Germain. And as you say, he is the man. This is not the Paris Saint-Germain anymore in the last couple of years. This is the Kylian Mbappé uh, football club. What is your hunch finally, Eric? Has he played his last game for PSG? At the moment, I would say no. I do believe uh, this is a chess game. With Mbappé, nobody could have argued or said yesterday that he would have sent uh, such a letter publicly. Mbappé does what he wants, when he wants, and if he wants to go, he will go at war and will go. But I do believe there is an idea behind it to stay till 2024, but to have a Paris Saint-Germain dedicated to his will with the player he wants. Wow. That was Eric Bilderman. Uh, No wonder he's regarded as the, the top journalist in Paris. So he puts the whole thing into perspective as he sees it there, Simon. Yep. Mbappe, 45 million a year. That's before add-ons. With add-ons, it's a million a week. Now, he seems to be playing a game here. as a high-stakes game. But Eric's view is that he wants PSG to respond and start bringing in the biggest players in the world of football so that PSG can become a force and can, can move forward like Manchester City have done and start winning the major trophies. But... At the end of the day, there's Mbappé telling the media before he told PSG what his intentions were. Well, they created these monsters, haven't they? They've allowed them to get into a situation where they've paid them so much money and given them so much. And some of it is fair because they are the talent that there needs to be a balance. Um, there's an irony about Middle Eastern um, ownership being dictated to on the basis of money and what they expect of them. Yeah. And there's an irony about that. Yeah. <laughs> But on the, side, on the other side of it, Mbappé made this observations a while ago about the sporting director and who he wanted to be working with because he wanted a, an appropriate sporting director that would play him in a certain way or, or help him or help recruit players and a manager that would only do things in a certain way that would play him in a certain position. I think it was Leonardo, wasn't it, at That's one right. particular point? That's right. Um, and then you look at all that and you say, 
well, here we are. This is what you've got. This is what football has reaped. The other side of the argument is PSG cannot win anything meaningful besides the French League. And that will be a disappointment to Nasser Al-Khalafi. It'll be a disappointment to the Parisian fans who have delusions of grandeur about where their team should be on the scale of things. There is an interesting relationship between the PSG ownership model and the fans. I don't think they've always felt as appreciated as they possibly should have done by the nature of the investment they put into that football club and how they wanted to rebuild the stadium and what they felt they got from the Parisians in terms of support towards that. But Mbappé wants to play... You know, when he left Real Madrid, where did he think he was going? He, He knew he was going to a club that ultimately was a long way away from being a club that competed to win the uh, the Champions League because there was he went when he left Monaco to go to PSG yeah yeah you know there were other clubs he could have gone to that would have given him an opportunity to win things so he went to PSG because of the size and scale of the transfer and the opportunity financially that they produced for him because of the Qatari money he now wants to go potentially to another football club or he wants to dictate or in some people's minds he wants to set down a blueprint which is basically I don't have to sign another contract which by the way he doesn't he has to perform under the auspice of his contract, to the very best of his ability, right? And if he wants to run his contract down, that's the nature of football. That's the nature of the position that the Bosman rule put football in. That's the nature of how football is structured in this day and age. And the challenge of a football is to try and square these particular circles in such a way that you can maintain the talent, not give them too much power, but ultimately to have a degree of control over the destiny of a football club. Is it right that a player gets a dictate to a club? No, he doesn't. But he's not dictating to the club because the club have a choice to accept the ridiculousness of a player suggesting that they will dictate what they do or they don't. What NASA can do is say, right, that's just about enough of you. Thank you very much. Off you go. I'll take the 200 million quid and I'll buy a player that wants to play for the football club. And then the other argument will be, but he is one of the best players in the world, if not the best player in the yeah, world right well, now. That's the thing. So are you prepared to compromise that? And are you prepared to accept that? Well, the balance has to be struck. It is naughty and it is inappropriate that he's gone to the media and done it that way. Um, And I don't think that will play out particularly well for him with the current ownership. But we've danced this dance before with Mbappé. We've seen this before and we see this with his players and what they think they're entitled to. And 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 football has created this, Mm. so football deserves it. It deserves this response from the players. It deserves... The you want, deserve you, you it. wanted to make them into superstars economically. Well, if they... You know, they, you know, Does Nasser deserve well, it? Well, they've got the same thing with Messi. You know, they've got the same attitude from Messi to some extent about what he wanted to do and what he didn't want to do at PSG. And the fans... It seems like they're a tough crowd in Paris. You yeah, know, they don't, yeah. they, they're not particularly uh, supportive yeah. of the ownership of PSG and ultimately some of their players at times. But I, I just think it's a case of, do you, do, has he got a point? Did he, was he sold a pup? Was he told that when they came to PSG that they were building a side to win the Champions League? If he was told that, have they done that? So is it within his gift to say that I'm not going to sign a new contract with you guys, I'm going to go, I'm going to go somewhere else where I can win something. By the way, you are part of the side that hasn't won anything in Europe, yeah. so you are part of that well, they, they situation. Might, they could well have won it last season with the likes of, with the likes of Neymar and Messi. But they but didn't. They didn't. I mean, they're, 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 for me, with all due respect to the people that we know, I've always thought they were Fabergé egg. You know, they're great on the outside, no substance in the middle, right. besides NASA's money or QSI's, QSI's money. Yeah, uh, And I think that Mbappé... But the only thing I think that's wrong with this, really, is it's been done for the media. Yeah, okay. But it shows the power of players. Certain players. You're 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Here's a cool fact. 
A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We are well prepared for this man who has very quietly, very smoothly walked into the studio, sat down and is ready for the next hour with our good selves here live on TalkSport. It is Chris Eubank, Senior who, as usual, has not disappointed us in the sartorial stakes. Mr. Eubanks, you you look great. Welcome. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to see you. Thank you. Likewise. Yes. Oh, you're looking great. It's great having you. you. There's a lot to get through. One thing I want to ask you is how proud you must feel that your family name is still going strong in the ring with with Chris Jr. I can't comment on that. (laughs) Why? Uh, Well... Well, in boxing terms, he lost to a fellow called uh, Mr. Smith, and that wasn't on my watch. So I'm not, I'm not going to say anything about that, other than on my watch, you saw performances against Yildirim. You saw performance is the one performance against uh, Nick Blackwell for the British title. Electrifying. Electrifying. But since he wrote me that letter that said, I'm now the boss, uh, it was just then where, in fact... I saw, briefly, I saw a clip of him saying, my dad's gone missing. Well, I went missing when you said, I'm the boss. But wouldn't you want that from him, Chris? I mean, you're your own man. You're very serene at this moment in time, and perhaps that's your characteristic full stop. But wouldn't you want that for your son, for him to be his own man, to make his own plough, his own trough, to choose in boxing, his own direction? You can't be yeah. your own man in boxing if you're being led you by... You were, weren't you? But, you I were. Was, but, but I was obedient to those who were guiding me. Okay, yeah. you're a trainer. No. The trainer was Ronnie Davis. I know who he was, yeah. Wonderful yeah. trainer. Yeah. Because he left me alone. Right. Yeah. And I paid him very well. And I took him everywhere with yeah. me. And I've always given given him the plaudits of which he deserves, which is yeah. leave me to do what I do in the gym. I will yeah. tell the world that you're my trainer. And he was, because he kept me happy. He sung me songs. He he sung me uh 
Danny boy, he sung songs, he sung, he sung hymns, he told me jokes. But you sound unhappy because the question unhappy? was... Unhappy? The question was about the scenario of Chris Eubank Jr. for this particular conversation, yes. the legacy of your name. Yes. And the answer was, I can't answer that. Because one would have assumed, and it's wrong to assume, but one would assume that you, achieving the things that you've achieved, mm-hmm. and seeing your son, in this instance specifically Chris, let's talk about Chris for this moment in time, going in achieving relatively significant heights, albeit I don't think he's achieved the heights he could have done, and we can perhaps talk about that in a second. Um, but it doesn't feel like you have that feeling of my name has been maintained, the value of what I achieved is being carried forward. It seems as if you're slightly challenged by it. Yes, I, I am challenged. When... My son wrote me a letter telling me he was the boss. So then I, I left and I had worked 10 years with him. Uh, and all of those years, you know, it doesn't seem... Do you not understand his point of view, though? Because he, did you have a Chris Eubank senior in your world that was so prevalent in the media's eyes, that was so important and so all-consuming? Did you have that? Because he has that in you, doesn't he? Uh, how do I put this? Chris Eubank's, junior, Chris Eubank's senior's son. Yeah, you see... That legacy. Yeah, but, you know, okay, in boxing uh, language, you're only as good as your last fight. Okay, so don't speak to me about... No, that's... And again, it wasn't my watch. He, he, you know, he said he's his own boss and he got his own trainers in. And so he called Mm -hmm. in Roy Jones and he called in uh, a fellow from Vegas. And you don't agree with this? How would I... How can I agree with it when I know the people he's involved with? He is around, he's surrounded by... Opportunists? That's too polite. And I can't find the word. Leeches? Parasites? Most certainly, but that's not what I want to say. He's surrounded by people who are actually backwards. Right. You know, I go forwards. You know, that's why I say on my watch, you saw performances that Yildirim performance. Proud of that. That was my watch. The fight against uh, Nick Blackwell... You you will not find you will you can't even compare another fighter with that performance. That performance was electrifying, electrifying. And I'll tell you what, this is uh, something of which you can check out for yourself. What drove him to actually eviscerate Nick like he did was uh, these two uh, fighters, Tyson Fury and uh, this other uh, name of, of which is quite unspeakable for me. And they were goading. Goading, 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 you know, coming into the change room beforehand and shouting things at ringside and really, you know, pumping up Nick. Right. And, and all, all it did, it made Junior Emboldened. just bold. It wasn't, but he, he, it wasn't just bold without backup. He backed it up. Hmm. And hmm. those punches were, those punches were, I've, never, I've not seen a performance like it. But without your guidance, Chris, and without you around... Do you feel he fought the wrong fight against Liam Smith? Look, when a person when a person gets stopped like that, you're talking to an insider. I'm not an outsider, you know. You are spectators. Uh, mm. The public are spectators. I'm working from the inside. I see from the inside. When a person gets up like that and then staggers forward, that's uh, that's a person who's been that's a, as my father said to me, no man can come off of a woman's stomach. And then go and win fights. When when a person gets up and staggers like that, you haven't been trained. Chris, I've got right, to be, I've got to right. be honest with you, Chris. Yes. And and I've had issues with Chris Eubank Jr. and said things to him, and whatever I've said about him, I've said to him okay. about his achievements. 
whenever I saw you involved with your son, I thought of you. And it seemed to be more about you. And it felt the focus was on you and, and the legacy of you. And that must be challenging it for your be. son. I told him don't I told I told him at twelve years old, don't get involved with this game. He can't do what I do. I speak and I speak kindness. I speak uh yeah. honor. I speak uh dignity, I speak uh uh consideration. You know, Junior is uh I remember him saying on this uh Piers Morgan show, my dad wanted to be the opposite of what the meatheads are in boxing. That's my son's words. What my son doesn't or what I want to say is I didn't want to be the opposite. I am the opposite. Mm-hmm. I am not what he's surrounded with or what he is. I don't look for the but Isn't he a product of his look, time, Chris? Isn't he a product of his time in a different world to the okay. one that you um, lived in? That, that may be so, but mm-hmm. he has a daddy. And yeah. that daddy doesn't go along with that uh, that uh, nonsense. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And remember, you can listen back to the full Eubank Senior interview by downloading the TalkSport app. We'll be back tomorrow. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Britain feels broken, but how do we fix it? Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers, but we have found some people who do. Join me, journalist Becca Hudson, and me, the former MP Ed Vasey, for How I'd Fix. From the price of a pint to the housing crisis, this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation. And hear practical solutions from those in the know. Catch new episodes of Howard Fix wherever you get your podcasts. Rebuilding Britain starts here.